I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to The Things We Do For Love, the podcast which talks about the things we do for love uh, and the lengths we go to in the name of love. It might be familial love, that time you help your mum move house while you were giving birth. Um, or it might be romantic love. Who hasn't made a gigantic version of someone they fancy's head out of the ingredients of a roast? <laughs> so um, I've got a little jingle to do, but I'm going to bring on uh, the guest first. This week, my guest is the brilliant uh, comedian and Broadcaster, <laughs> Mr. John Robbins. Hello, everyone. Um, if anyone doesn't, was anyone here for the last podcast? Yeah. Okay, so, um, for, for those who weren't, um, am I right in saying John has had a little bit to drink? Um, I'm and... a broadcaster. <laughs> Um, and he also was half naked at the end of the other one yeah so we're hoping for full nakedness with this one Uh, yes why not Um, from the broadcaster John Robbins I'm a broadcaster yes you are he's a broadcaster on Radio X um, formerly known as XFO we dare not speak his name it's true Um, right I'm going to do the jingle John John knows nothing of the jingle. I'm going to do um, an extended version of the jingle at the end of our chat, um, but this is going to be the opening one. The things we do for love. The things we do for love. This week I'm joined by... John Robbins. He is a... Great guy. The things we do for love. His hair colour is... Mousy. The last time he sleepwalked was... Never. The things we do for love. The things we do for love. Well done, John. You're a singer as well. Uh, Well, a sayer. (laughs) And also not a sleepwalker. No, that just sprung into my head. That was improvised. That's riffing. We're just jamming. Yes, we are just jamming. Vibing it as it comes. Um, So, John. Yeah. My, the first thing that I did uh, for love was when I was about six or seven, I demanded to have my hair cut like David Swain's. Um, <laughs> well, I have no idea who it is, though that is, so I'm going to enjoy this story. Well, it's basically that I went to Rupert's hairdressers in Matlock um, and said, can you cut my hair like David Swain's? Because I knew that he went there. And Rupert said, why do you want me to do this? And I said, because I'm in love with him. And he said, are you sure you want me to do this? And I said, yes. And he said, you know, he's got, like, a shaved head. Like a a number one. So I was like, oh, maybe that is a bit harsh. Like, I'm a six-year-old girl. So then... You look like you were out of Treblinka. Yeah, I know. Good job you went in love with Brian May. Yeah, we'd have had to do it. I don't know if they did extensions in Matt in the 80s. Um, so in the end, he cut it like... He did cut it like a boy, but it wasn't like David Swain's. But it was enough. David Swain heard that I'd asked to have it cut like him, and then it, he didn't, you know... Well, that's the key, isn't it? That they need to hear that you've made the gesture. 
because the idea that David Swains would be impressed with the fact that you'd had your hair cut like someone of the same gender as him. And then he would go, hey, hey everyone, did, did you hear that Izzy Sutty had her hair cut in the gender of a boy? And I'm a boy, so we'll have to get married to each other because of the boy connection between our haircuts. That would be insane. Well, that's what I wanted to happen. Yeah, but th those things never happen. Oh, I know. Well, I was going to ask, what's the earliest, what's your earliest memory of doing something like that to try and snare someone? Well, the thing is, the sort of, the gestures that we do, courting-wise, uh, are my individual shame well. <laughs> and they and I do now at 33 years old struggle to get to sleep when I remember them so I have to be sort of careful because there's quite a few and I just feel awful which is a shame because they're all done with the very best intentions well None that's it you are yeah you're doing negativity. it to try and get them to yes. either notice you or love you more or marry you or you know but the problem move is in or you know, make your face in the shape of... <laughs> a roast. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is that because of social media now, you never know what if one of them's listing... Oh, yeah, sure. Well, do you want to change their names? Yeah, OK. <laughs> I've used David Swain's real name. But, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong apart from have a haircut. So I don't see how he could be annoyed. I think pre-puberty we can use their real names okay. and maybe post we change them. <laughs> Because it's more sort of sweet when you're yes. ten. When did you go through puberty? Uh, <laughs> the nineties, broadly. <laughs> At some point during the nineties, and I'm not going to say which year. And you were born in 1982. Two. 1982. Okay. So it's definitely. That's it was, right. There was an intake of breath there. <laughs> <laughs> 1982, that's alright, so you mean you were 8 or old, you were between 8 and 18? Yes, yeah. I'm happy, I'm happy for that to go on record, that I went between, went in puberty between the ages of 8 and 18, and there's no shame in that. So my first ever love token was a, uh, a Valentine's Day gift, I think in like year 4. Which I so I would have been nine-ish. I don't know. I'm guessing all these, but it was a Valentine's Day gift to a girl called Donna Tucker. That's a now is that that's her that's, real name. That's a real name. That's because a great if you, name. If you change that to rhyming, wise you're in trouble. <laughs> and I bought her um, a teddy bear with a heart that says "I love you." And um, a, a box of chocolates. I can't remember. They were like pyramid-shaped, but not a full pyramid. It was like a pyramid cut off at the base. Can you remember that brand of chocolates? So not a triangle, but like a 3D pyramid, but only half of it. Like, no, so, so it's a square. It moves in at the sides, and then it stops. They were minty. Yeah, I remember them being... I think they might have been called pyramid. I think they maybe yeah. were. Were they? Yes. Yeah, okay, thanks, man. So I. Yeah, that was a lie. I took them it into class. Been called half pyramid, yeah. And uh, she returned the teddy bear, ate the chocolates, and then got off with a kid called Luke. <laughs> well, I say got off, we were nine. But I think they probably played Kiss Chase together a bit too much for my liking. And then I think eight years later, she wrote in my uh, school leaving book that she. Uh, Wondered what could have been. Really? I think so, yeah. Wow. Mm. So did she get off with Luke on the same day that you gave her all that stuff? Yes, and he was a farmer. <laughs> well, a farmer's son. He wasn't a farmer at nine. But I know for a, f I know for a fact he used to brag that he, he swam in the milk vat before it went to sale. Which gives you some indication of the lax approach to hygiene that many farmers have. Not all farmers. There are some good eggs. Who produce some good eggs. Well done, John. You're really on fire. Thanks, mate. This is your second podcast and you're fully clothed. Yeah. He swam in the milk vat. So that didn't work. Have you done anything else on Valentine's Day? Well, did that kind of make you go, I'm not ever going to do anything on Valentine's I Day again? I wish it had. 
um, two more Valentine's Day issues. Uh, so now we move on to early sixth form. No, no, actually this was back in, still in lower school. I uh, bought a girl a card, Valentine's Day. Um, quite a moving card, which I wrote, I wrote in the card. And I can't remember what I was quoting. I would have been 12, I think. And I said, I'd rather be blue thinking of you than happy with somebody else. Aww. You say, ah, she didn't speak to me for eight years. Um, and then following that, and this is the worst, this is probably the biggest sort of um, receptacle of, of shame from the shame well. Uh, at school, I once ordered 12 roses for a girl who I knew full well had a boyfriend that you were delivered at a house with an, a needlessly emotional note. I, I was 12. I was sad and scared and ashamed. This isn't very light-hearted, is it? It's all right. No. Uh, I, just, I just got her too many... Well, I got her too many roses. One being too many. And I, and I, got, them, I got her 12 of them and sent them to her house... And, With a um, handwritten note, or yeah, so you didn't and, have to dictate it to, because that's what used to happen. Oh isn't no, it? this was pre-internet, so I went straight into T.J. Lewins of Thornbury, <laughs> who uh, three or four years ago a guy committed suicide by driving a car into them full of petrol and his dog, and uh, burnt to, to death in the very same florist that I ordered those roses in. So. <laughs> Had I known that was going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, too many flowers to someone who's already got a boyfriend. Yeah. For Christ's sake, John, what were you thinking? And did this you is want... what I say when I'm in my sleep. Did you Try... want um did you want her to know it was you? Well, I wrote my name on it. See, that's the thing. So... Oh, it's the worst. I'm gonna kill myself already. Well you could drive into the florists. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drive though, can the... you? What the fuck, mate? I can drive for England. I've driven over 500,000 miles in my life. That's to the moon and back. Who thinks I can't drive? I mean, fucking idiots can't drive. When I look at you, I don't see someone who can drive. What? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I can really drive. I passed my test in the year 2000. Yeah, I have actually remembered now that you... I taught you how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) We drove to Matlock with you in the front seat and me in the passenger seat. And you were very calm when I missed multiple turn-offs. I was pretending to be very calm. Coached me in the car for about five hours, and I can't remember. Means you must really look as if you can't drive. I can. I more than anyone I know can yeah. drive. I don't trust people who can't drive. Don't you? No. Hey, just by way of a cheer, um, cheer if you can't drive. One, two, three. Don't. How can you not drive? How have you got the confidence to get your arms tattooed up to the sleeve? <laughs> not the confidence to spend 20 half hours in the company of someone whose career's not really worked out and they've applied to Red Driving School. How can you... What's your name? James. James. How old are you, James? 25. 25? Mate, you've missed the bus by seven years. What's your problems? Gears, reverse parking. What is it? Don't need to. Don't need to. All right, because what, you live in an agrarian society from the past. (laughs) You live in medieval England. How do you not need to drive? Live above where I work. You live above where you work? Do you you work work? in a chicken cottage? (laughs) Where do you work? You want a record store? Well, that's a dying industry. You're going to have to learn to drive pretty soon, mate. Have you ever had a lesson? No. John will give you one. I'll give you a lesson, mate. A lesson in responsibility. (laughs) What record store do you live above? Uh, Crazy Beat Records. 
Crazy Beat to Records. Where's that? You named that in the late 90s, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't name it. It's in Upminster. Upminster. Yes. Mm. Yes, I know where Upminster is. <laughs> I didn't, actually. <laughs> I learned to drive an elephant in Castle, um, where I lived at the time, which is vibrant. Um, and, uh, there was a bit where I... Um, she means you can smell weed. There was a, I used to drive, if anyone knows elephant, it's just a couple of roundabouts, it's so scary. But I used to drive up and down Woolworth Road and then the hour would be up because the traffic was so bad I never used to leave first gear. There was this bit where this man, who I was slightly scared of, um, went to walk out in front of the car and I waved him across and then accelerated <laughs> because I lost you know when you f- panic and I just put my foot down then my, my instructor was like calm down Izzy calm down and we turned this corner and then it was really tight and there were loads of builders and I drove o- over a builder's trainers um, <laughs> that, were in, that were in a carrier bag we should rename this podcast the things you do to pass your driving test <laughs> Yes, we should. But do keep it in. I think it gives it a human touch. (laughs) Um, So, by the way, has anyone ever done anything on Valentine's Day that they kept totally anonymous and did just just for the sake of being an act of love? They didn't actually ever want to be found out. They were just giving the person something to feel better about themselves and know that they were loved by someone. No. Yes. Oh, we've got a mic. Has Ben got the mic? Yes. Hello, what's your name? It's Sinead. Sinead. It's not actually me, it's my brother. Um, Basically, in junior school, he kind of fancied this girl um, called Jenny. Is that um, a real name? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And... um, she basically he was so enamored by her that he um went to he actually told my mum can you go and buy a ring for her <laughs> and and it was a gold one with a tiny little diamond in there and then um, how old was he at this point he was about nine ten and how minted that? are your parents <laughs> <laughs> Please get me a gold ring with a diamond. I'm not being fickle. This is the real thing. I'm nine. I should know by now. Well, money was no object to him, so obviously. How is money no object to a nine-year-old? To a nine-year-old, okay. You think, oh yeah, your parents have got, you know, bank of dad and mums, you know, sort sort of thing. So yeah, and um, well, she kind of figured it was him because. They, yeah, he, he always professed his love to her. And, yeah. And she was, she's very gracious about it. And, like, all the class knew. And all the cast? Class. Oh, class. Well, I was going to say, all, all, all this mad drama no. you're creating. <laughs> no, all the class knew. And, so there was a ring? Yeah. yeah, it was a ring. It was, like, in a heart shape with a tiny little diamond. And it was and actual gold. gold? It was actual gold. Were you insane? For a child. For a child. For a child. <laughs> cost over a hundred pounds. God only knows. I have no idea. And did what? she keep the ring? I'm Fuck fine. yeah, she did. <laughs> a nine-year-old girl. Do you want a gold and diamond ring? It's from an insane person with very rich parents. Oh, let me think about that. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but... But he's never, they've never gone out, and I don't know. So, you know, it was really sweet at the time. And, like, I used to think, I used to think, you're such a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, though. I mean, come on. I hate to break it to you, your parents are fucking idiots. (laughs) Who buys a diamond ring for a nine year old boy? It wasn't a big diamond. It wasn't a big diamond. Oh, fair enough. So, as long as it's only a small diamond. Wasn't a big diamond. It was big enough to be in the shape of a heart on a gold band. Christmas Day. Is he what's is he got a girlfriend now? No. Though his parents are bankrupt. I thought you were going to say like they got it from Argos or something. I but... think it was from there. <laughs> yeah, they were doing all these rings and I can't remember where it was. God. But yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Would your mum have done that for you, do you think? Yes, against a... No, well, no, she wouldn't have uh, bought me a diamond ring at nine because she's not a sultan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's self-employed. She's, she's a yoga teacher. Uh, but she did once drive me to Yate uh, to deliver some flowers to a girl I kissed at uh, a party, um, which, oh, God, this is a torrid tale. Uh, I kissed a girl at a party. People made fun of me. Um, I then fell for the girl. I fell for her before I kissed her. Christ's sake, I've got feelings, I'm not, I'm not a stone. And um, I, I delivered some flowers to her house in Yate. Which is me... Yate, you keep saying, is this a place? Yes, uh, let me put this into context. Yate is over eight miles from Thornbury. Wow. It, was, it, was not really, it was not really scalable by bus or walk. And uh, I needed a driver. I was, I think I was... 15 at the time. So she may or may not have gone through puberty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in that ballpark. She was three years my elder. Oh, oh mistress of informed sexual practice. So she was, she was 18 and you were 15, so if you'd had yeah. sex, you would have been under the age of consent. And she would have gone to prison. <laughs> I would have got away scot-free. <laughs> Um, so she, with the flowers were delivered uh, my mum waited outside the house she was sort of pleasant and then um, she, it was her birthday quite soon no, oh, before that we arranged a date in Bristol and she didn't turn up and I called her mum eight times <laughs> and uh, on, on a payphone yes yeah, and so this is pre-mobile uh, for all of you young people and um, called her eight times she thought it was sort of a, a casual arrangement she then said it's unacceptable for you to call my mum eight times in the space of an hour and a half I said it's unacceptable for, un unacceptable for me for to sit on the steps of McDonald's for an hour and a half <laughs> and, um, and then it was her 19th birthday and I may I may have bought her seven presents. Can you remember any of them? Yes. <laughs> a Che Guevara biography. <laughs> a CD single of Paul Weller's You Do Something To Me. <laughs> uh, book of Love Poetry, Faber. <laughs> um, a, a, a picture frame. Uh, notebook and I can't remember the other two they're pretty well thought out though That's they're like too the well thought out is he <laughs> they're thought out like a murderer thinks out his, <laughs> thinks out his process she then on my 16th birthday got me a postcard <laughs> from where she was on holiday at the time which luckily I didn't have access to the international dialing code for. So I was unable to contact her. And things fell apart soon afterwards. That's always such a good indicator, isn't it? I was going out with someone once and I um, decided to make him a penguin out of papier-mâché. Mm -hmm. uh, the classic, the classic. Yeah. Um, not out of the ingredients of a roast, not to papier-mâché, thank you. Um, but that was to try and sort of sort things out because I could tell that things were on their last leg. So in a way, they didn't have legs anymore. It was just limping along on stumps. Uh, so I got um, all the ingredients to make the penguin, um, and I made it out of chicken wire. And chicken wire is really hard to bend, so it just it ended up really big, much bigger than I intended. It was like a story that as wide. old as time. <laughs> Um, the chicken wire penguin turned out bigger than it should have been. How many lovers have walked down this path? Was it was it not was it not Fair Byron who first spoke of the chicken wire penguin that turned out to be too big? Um. 
he had um, his head was made out of lampshade. I don't know if, if Byron's bit was. Bit cliched, actually. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what all the romantics do. <laughs> Yeah. It would have looked like a penguin who was stood under a lampshade. No, it was a circular lampshade, you know, from Ikea, um, from my living room at the time, and I stuffed it with loads of newspapers, and it was like a, a ball. And the chicken wire, which I covered with papier-mâché and painted, had a groove in it which the head used to sit in. I mean, I never... I bought stuff. I never went to these lengths. Well, it was like that was the amount of love and care I wanted mm. to put into... I just was... Um, I couldn't face the fact that it was, like, over, really. So I just... Hang I thought, on, well, Surely if I plough enough energy into this, everything will be OK. It was over when you made the paper. No, but it was, it was virtually over. Like, it may as well have been. So this was the last throw of the abnormal papier-nâché penguin. Yeah. Slash dice. I, thought, I wanted you to say proverbial dice. Yeah, I should have said that. Yeah. But I stumbled over the first thing. Don't worry. <laughs> you, do you want another drink? Yeah. <laughs> Does the Pope meet a bear and kill them both? <laughs> Not quite sure what I meant by that. Uh, yes, I'll have a dark rum and dark coke. She's getting already. Uh, could I have um, a peroni, please? Thank you. Um, Ooh, Pizza Express. <laughs> <laughs> People own. Yes, yeah. So oh, just thank to you. just to let podcast listeners know, I've been in want of a table for quite some time. <laughs> And I've been reaching literally as far as my sort of gibbon arms will reach. And it just about makes it on a table at the back. But uh, producer Ben has now provided us with a lovely little table. So um, he was called Roy. Um, Roy? Was he 60? (laughs) It was because... Did he make his own steam engines? (laughs) It was because... Thank you. It was because he was based on... Imagine, I once dated a girl at university called Jean. <laughs> and she, her, one of her, her first sort of line to me as we um, met was, yes, I have the, the name of a pensioner. Oh, you see, that's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, very cool. And that I, was a I real really, turn on. Oh, big time, but... Um, Did that make you hit puberty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you remember when you saw people, when you were seeing someone rather than going out with them? Yeah, and I've had a few chats with people now uh, who are on Tinder. Which Is anyone here on Tinder, by way of a cheer? Yeah. All men. All men thinking it was the realisation of a fantasy they'd have for 20 years and it turns out to be just having to interact with human beings. And you're like, oh, sod. I thought it was just having sex with loads of people, but I have to interact with human beings. Therein lies its flaw. It was invented after I began my current relationship. So, yeah, about seeing people. Well, yeah, so I, I, a few friends are on Tinder, and, and I think it sort of speaks to what, my, what I riffed there. Um, was that um, you're really good at riffing like t- for a broadcaster t- Tinder suggests that it's possible to just be casual and see yeah. people and play the field but that's that's not the case because you have to interact with human beings and no one wants to be your sort of plan B yes so inevitably it comes down to the question well, do, well what's what, what is this well, yeah I hate that the chat mm. um, um, but in Matlock seeing didn't necessarily mean that you were also seeing other people it just meant you probably wouldn't get a ring at Valentine's Day. You'd get, like, a pint. Mm, Do you know I what like, I mean? I like so, it. So it's like you're sort of both going... You're not necessarily playing the field, but you're going, let's just see. Mm. But what, what's hard is when one person wants that and the other one doesn't. Well, I think, but I think that's the inevitable end to that situation. Mm. And also within weeks. Like, anyone who says, oh, I just see people, is a sociopath. Because eventually one of you likes we'll the other like one the more. more. Yeah, or yeah. you like each other loads and you go out. And then you're thinking, oh, I thought I was going to be seeing loads of people. But the, I, don't think, I don't really think nice people are tuned 
to be casual in yeah. their sexual relationships. If your partner asks you how many people you've had sex with, you're supposed to say eight, aren't you? Unless it's less than eight. Um, but no, I think you're still meant to say eight. Oh, is it always eight? Yeah, because it's, it, you don't want to say two, because they'll think you're a weirdo. You don't want to say a million. But yes, eight seems... Eight. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not too many, it's not too few. It's like sort of when you approach a basket-only conveyor belt in a, in a Sainsbury's. Yeah. You, you've not broken the law, but you're not taking the piss. You should yeah. be on self-service with one. Yes. Well, I don't, what um, are we talking about again? Roy the Penguin. So, um, um, but he wasn't called Roy because he was a, a named after a pensioner. He was called Roy because he was based on a real penguin who we'd seen at London Zoo. He was like slower than all the other penguins, and we really fell in love with him. So like, Roy isn't his real name. Roy was the name of the penguin that we really liked at London Zoo, and then I called the papier-mâché penguin Roy. What's the boy called? Uh, I can't say. Right, okay. You made it clear that he was called Roy. No, 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 the penguin was called Roy. Right, that was meant to represent Roy. Yeah. Who's but... not called Roy. No, no, uh, both We're penguins... very are... similar. <laughs> both, both penguins are called Roy. So there was a penguin at London Zoo called Roy, and then the penguin I made was called Roy. And the man was unnamed. Well, yeah. His name was irrelevant. But, we but he be... wasn't called Roy. No, but we could probably find out who he was from his dental records. <laughs> which I'm guessing if we dig deep enough in your garden, we'll probably find <laughs> an extra oversized papier-mâché penguin <laughs> called Roy. Um, he, had shel- he had shelves in his stomach as well, made out of more chicken wire. This is the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sounds like, an omni- like a day-to-day thing. Man with shelves in his stomach. Yeah, I didn't murder him and then put shelves into his stomach. But if you had have done, you'd have decorated them with your own ornaments, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I would put put DVDs in them, on them, like I did with the papier mâché Roy. But um, what happened was that he didn't save the relationship. The guy just thought I was mental. Yeah, <laughs> remarkable, also... really, isn't it, that a papier mâché penguin didn't save the relationship of a man cost... you cannot name. It cost absolutely fuckloads to make because I had to get all the chicken wire, which is quite expensive, and then different types of other wire. I had to get papers. I had to get felt for his wings. It just ended up mounting up. It cost about 180 quid. And that's not taking into account man hours. I know. I had to hide him under loads of tea towels whenever the guy came round. You're like sort of a, a, a kooky Dennis Nilsson. <laughs> Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, have you ever written a song for anyone? Um, no, I have made, I've made a few misjudged mixtapes where, because I've got quite an extensive uh, sort of music catalogue, I'm able to come up with at least 11 songs for any girl's name. 
Um, but the problem is, if you're called, for example, I don't know, uh, Joe, I, I, could, I can find you 11 songs with Joe in the title, put them on a mixtape, pop them through your letterbox, never hear from you again. <laughs> You'd almost offer it as a service. If people wanted you to compile a mixtape for someone they fancied... Yes, I mean, I think the internet has sort of uh, usurped me in that sense. But uh, I remember making a mixtape for a girl and a lot of the songs were based around her name. And I think that's creepy. I would never do that now. It's one of those things, like, any of those gifts, if the person likes you back, it's great, isn't it? Mm. But if they don't, if they don't anything but like you back or love you back, you are at a disadvantage. Like That's with the penguin, if he'd, ha, if he had loved me, then he would have loved it. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> I think maybe that that sort or of is, is the that, exception is there, that proves yeah, the rule. Maybe there's something. Maybe it's something as you go so far that even if they love you more than anyone else, it detracts from your attractiveness. But up to that point, like if if someone I fancied had given me a mixtape based around my name, I would have loved it. Like Bjork's got a song called Isabel and. That's the only one I can think of, actually. What would you put on one for me? Okay. <laughs> Izzy. Or Isabel. Or Isabel. Oh, it's a good job I don't fancy you. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what a horrible oh. thing to say. No, but that's also fine. Just had a baby, my confidence is very low, thank you. Uh, no, I fancy you more since you've had the baby. <laughs> Because you are fertile. <laughs> and I need to increase my the populace. <laughs> However, I have an intimate relationship with your boyfriend. <laughs> an intimate professional digital-based relationship. And were I to woo you which inevitably would be successful. <laughs> it would cause fractions between me and Alice, and our digital relationship would fail. I'm not willing to risk that. Okay. So my, my, my guns are set to stun, not kill. <laughs> I think I've managed to negotiate that quite well. Has anyone, um, has anyone here ever done anything like the penguin or like John giving the 12 roses and the emotional note? Like, have they ever done anything that's kind of backfired, like made something or done a big gesture to try and get someone to fancy them? Yes, a man over there. Brilliant. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, ben, producer Ben just got a microwave, um, a microwave to you. <laughs> yes. I was up all night last night with a baby. Uh, what's your name? Ash. Ash. Great name. Classic, sturdy name. Thank you. It? Sturdy name? Yeah, Ash. Oh, Ash. Yeah. Ash like, is not sturdy. It is. No, it's not. It's useful for... <laughs> it, Ash is mournful. It is useful for manure. It is not sturdy. It's a tree. No. Oh, yeah. It's both a tree sort of before and after. I think we're getting distracted from the I, real point of I, the podcast. If I met a mortgage broker and his name was Ash, I would do anything he said. <laughs> we had a meeting with the mortgage broker where we bought a flat a few years ago and uh, he was like... Um, Peep show. <laughs> it's, got, it's a split-level maisonette, actually. Josh, sitcoms are plenty. Money, not a problem. <laughs> In the sooty household. <laughs> Robin's still renting. Yet to have his big break. <laughs> Carry on, Ash. I haven't got a garden. What? I haven't got a garden. Nor have I. Well, I'm just saying, you know. Okay. You've got two floors. Yeah. You've got an address. You've got self-respect. <laughs> Your family think you're doing all right. <laughs> No one's questioning your career choices. Your dad? Sarah's doing all right. You what? Sarah's doing all right. <laughs> uh, if anyone didn't hear, 
this very nice man just said Sarah's doing all right and Sarah's John's girlfriend. Yeah, and also um, this man in the front row has been a thorn in my side of previous <laughs> live performances. Um, when we were in the meeting with the mortgage broker, he started saying stuff like, Hey, you've got so much money, you could afford any house. Yeah, he did. Do I know you guys from somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Then he said, and then we said, no, we can only afford to live in Crystal Palace. But then he said... Um, only afford to live in Crystal Palace. Yeah. What a terrible life you must have. You've got a really nice flat. That we pay rent for. You've got a massive living room. We do have a massive living room. That is not a euphemism. It's... And they've got a really room. very interesting room with a low ceiling that you can't stand up in, like Alice in Wonderland, haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got mirrors on the ceiling. You cannot stand up in it. You're hobbled as soon as you enter the house. Right, hmm. cut that. <laughs> so, um, when we were in the meeting with the mortgage advisor, um, he said, you've got to sign this uh, form and uh, it means that... Uh, if you die, like the other one will get the property. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who gets the property if you die? We, we had to sign it to say, because we're not married, that um, the other one will get it if... Alice but, gets the property if you die. Yeah. Who's his next of kin? His co-DJ. <laughs> Is he? Don't sign your own death warrant. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be his child? <laughs> Yes, thank you, Ash. Thank you. You see, that's what I mean. You, yeah, you look like an intelligent person. She also dies in the blaze. <laughs> A lot of women shaking their heads in the audience. A lot of men laughing heartily. You know, when I pictured this podcast... <laughs> It didn't end with the death of your child. No. I thought it would be like, I made a cry, I knitted a heart out of flat. Izzy, <laughs> um, let me say this now. I'll go on record, Ben, saying this now. I will never, ever destroy you and your daughter in a blaze. <laughs> whatever it is, it won't be a blaze. <laughs> It'll be whatever you least expect it to be. I don't think that legally counts as an alibi. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. Is he your lawyer? Ash is waiting to tell... I just needed to say this. We signed a form and it said... Ironic that your name is Ash. How long have we done, by the way? 55 minutes. 55? Yeah. Okay, right. We need to... So we are actually going to um, finish quite soon. We signed a form, John, um, that said, uh, if we die, the other one will get the property. But then we were asking the mortgage broker loads of questions like, what if we die as we're signing our name? So we've only signed our first names. Like in Alan Partridge, when the guy has a heart attack. <laughs> but he didn't know what to do. He was like, um, <laughs> I don't know. You two should come and uh, help me do seminars. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's my anecdote. Um, <laughs> trying to get out for the last 10 minutes. Ash, um, what, um, tell us your story. What did you do? Did you make something or, or um, buy it? It was a bit different. Um, basically, my girlfriend at the time went away to Australia for a year. For a, um, She was working um, at a TV company. And she came back for Christmas. And so, basically, I asked her dad's permission for to paint one of her walls in her room. <laughs> <laughs> he declined. <laughs> And so I spent around 30 quid on post-it notes and arranged it in a sort of heart motif, different colours. Like one of those pictures of Bob Marley. Yes, very similar, yeah. Made up of album pictures. Yeah, pretty much, very similar. And um, she came back. She said she loved it. Um, after we broke up, I was speaking to a twin. <laughs> and... oh, what a great sentence. <laughs> And basically she said that she was bitching me out for the next two hours as she removed hundreds of post-it notes from her wall. Um, what so, did you... I'm slightly unclear on what you did with the post-it notes. Did they spell something out? Or did they um, make... Basically, there were yellow ones and pink ones. The pink ones were arranged in a heart and the yellow ones were like all the different decorations on the outside. Oh, I think that's... Does anyone think that's sweet? I think that's very sweet. Thank you. No, someone said no. No. No, I hate post-it. Um, well, the oh, problem is they sort of, after a while, they curl up, don't they? Yeah, it took a... Yeah, I basically... 
just trying to get them as flat as possible. How many do you in. think you had to use in the end? Um, it, like I said, it was like 30 quid worth of post-it <laughs> notes, so there were quite a lot, yeah. Oh. And had you written anything on them, or it was just... Um, actually, all of them had I love you on oh. them. Yeah, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Mate, you've made a heart. <laughs> Stop there. You don't write I love you on every single one. I always go the extra mile, it's what I do. Yeah, I That's what Fred West said. <laughs> Thanks for that. He said it in a West Country accent, which makes him lovable, and you come out worse in comparison. <laughs> I, I think that's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. You think that's lovely? I do. What, a wall full of post-it notes that say I love you and make a heart? No, that's too much. You're talking to a man who once bought someone eight birthday presents, for Christ's sake. And I even cried I... on the steps of McDonald's. Yeah, big time. Um, but even I think that's too much. Oh, I think that's nice. So, well done, Ash. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Fuck you, mate. Um, oh, does, um, I didn't, I didn't mean to touch your knee then, in a sort of like, I was saying, so I, I felt like a, it was a bit hard. Oh, it's all right, my girlfriend you. does that. She's yeah. terrible for that. If I'm ever talking, she, she wants to talk, she will interrupt, but she'll touch me somewhere on my body as if to say, I really like you, but I'm saying something more important than you were saying. <laughs> and it gets me so mad. And I'll be like, stop, don't do that. Would you rather she didn't just talked that she didn't talk? I'd rather she respected my wisdom. <laughs> We've all seen evidence of your wisdom tonight. Can um, I tell you one more thing I did? Yes, I'd love to hear one more thing. Yes. It's one of the worst. Okay. <laughs> it's the top of my shame pile. <laughs> I liked a girl. If I whisper, no one can hear on the podcast. I liked a girl. And I... Well, the first thing I did was I wrote a poem about how depressed I was that she didn't fancy me. <laughs> which was called The Dark Side of Depression. That's worse than the post-it. Yeah, it's worse. That's why we're whispering. And um, I read it to her and the rest of the drama class. <laughs> Can you remember any of it? All of it, but I'm not going to tell you what it said. Um, well, the first lines <laughs> were... No, no, I'm not going to tell you. You've got to do it. Okay. Hang on. So this is the first line. The dark side of depression is bleeding and lying. <laughs> it's the life of a person. Person who's dying. <laughs> so she took that quite well. And oh god, I'm going horribly red. Can someone get me a Jaeger bomb? <laughs> On her birthday, I brought her a light, a zippo lighter. And I thought I'd get an inscription on it. And the inscription read, Dear X, um, I'm always here for you. I'll always love you. All my love, John. Which is quite hard to fit on a zippo lighter. <laughs> They had to use a very small font. <laughs> On her birthday, I, I gave her the, the Zippo lighter. And she was confused. Annoyingly, another person who fancied her had also got her a Zippo lighter. But had just put her name which was a much better call than a long... I mean, it took up all of the zipper light and what I'd written. He just got her a zipper light with a name on it, which you could just use at, at events. 
she probably buried. <laughs> and that is my shame. I think that deserves a round of applause. God. I can't believe you cast dispersions on Ash. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? Why well, didn't cover her wall in Zippo lighters? <laughs> but it was. I do still think of that at night when yeah. I can't get to sleep and I go, I blush on my own in a room. No, I know. And I just wish, I wish, I wish it never happened. But you just do it, don't you? Yeah. You just, um, has anyone else got any, any other stuff that done it? We're gonna stop. Please gonna let it be uplifting. <laughs> yes! Yes! Something my boyfriend actually gave me, one of my ex-boyfriends. Um, there was a t-shirt that I really, really liked but it was really expensive, so I couldn't afford it. And so, like, my boyfriend went camping and then came back and had this T-shirt to give me. Um, and he oh. was camping in Wales, and it was the T-shirt that I wanted. And I looked at it, and he said, oh, don't worry, it's been in the wash. It's like, what do you mean by that? He'd found it on the side of a mountain in <laughs> Wales um, and had given it to me. He didn't understand why I was a little put off by that. He said, oh, I thought you'd like it because it's recycling. It's the T-shirt you wanted. And so it was the exact T-shirt you wanted in your size? Yep. But what? it was meant to be. <laughs> Have you never loved? It was, it was more He easy. found the exact T-shirt you wanted on the side of a mountain. But it's like a film. <laughs> and all he did was wash it. And you cast him away like so many pebbles on a beach. I, I actually wore it as pyjamas the entire time. Don't wear it as pyjamas! I mean, that is the ultimate insult. Oh, that's the worst! Yeah. Don't wear it as pyjamas, wear it as your Sunday best. It had holes in the sleeves. Oh, it had holes in it. So was it pretty kind of worn? Yeah, that was. It, was, it looked like someone had had sex on the mountain and then just chucked his t shirt away. Yeah. Did he find some other stuff with it? No. Like a corpse. <laughs> Did he take it off her body off Snowdonia? I don't think so. I really hope not. Well, um, what was it? What kind of t-shirt was it out of interest? Was it an unusual t-shirt? Or was well, it was it... just a Frankie Says Relax t-shirt, but it was... It was <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're available online. But I mean, also, that isn't... It's not like you were like, I really want a plain white t-shirt. I mean... That's quite a specific thing to find on a mountain. I feel like... Well, no, because if Frankie says relax and you're suffering from hypothermia, that's the last thing you want to do. What you want to do is, is, is not relax, invigorate yeah. yourself, find warmth, find sucker, use your Kendall mint cake. Yeah. Maybe eat your partner's leg. Someone relaxed too much on this mountain and it was their downfall. Well, his mum told him he probably shouldn't have given it to me, and my mum told him off too, but... Hey! <laughs> I feel for this guy. Yeah. What was his name? Tom. His Tom, name Tom. Poor Tom. And you're not going Poor Tom's a no, cold. No, <laughs> Thanks, mate. That was King Lear. Um, well done, John. Cold After what, whatever you've had to drink tonight, you managed to get a King Lear reference into a podcast. <laughs> poor Tom's a cold. Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> Well, I, 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 I mean... Because he's not I, got his Frankie Says Relax t-shirt. Pity poor Tom. I'll just keep saying it. Pity poor Tom. Poor Tom's a cold. <sighs> oh, God. You've really done good work today, John. <laughs> you have. You've really excelled yourself in both podcasts. You have. Um, thank you. What's your name? Anna. Anna, thank and you, Anna. I mean, I feel, to be honest, I feel I'm, that I would have stayed with him, but... I'm not. You're not going out with anyone? No. What, because a t-shirt from a mountain isn't good enough for you? <laughs> what, what do you want? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's probably why I'm single. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> when I imagined this podcast... Um, we're going to wrap up now. Um, thank you so much for coming. Uh, this has been an experiment, and I've very much enjoyed it. I think what I'm going to do is, so I'm going to play the song that I did at the top and leave more gaps for John to say things. Is that a three-quarter guitar? Yeah. They're really nice to play. <laughs> <laughs>
are, though. They're, really, they're much easier. That I find them easier. Your voice went really weird then. I think I was too moved <laughs> by your choice of guitar size. Cogs always uses one of them. Who's that? Ian Cognito. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ian Cognito's a great comic from the West Country. I bet he's been to Yate. <laughs> and back. I don't know what that means. I'm sure he's been to Yate and back, otherwise he'd yep. still be in Yate. Yep. <laughs> keep that in. If you keep anything in. Just that. Sod the rest of it off. Just like a ten second podcast. That'd be good actually. Keep that in. Okay, here we go. Are you, are you vaping on stage? Please make sure you enunciate that. Yeah, are you vaping on stage? Yes, I am. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh the regime don't like it. <laughs> I thought it was banned now. Anyway, that's for another podcast. Banned on oh, southeast trains, which guy's, I disagree with. You're wearing with. lovely smart clothes, like your Sunday best. That's so nice. He's wearing trousers with a crease iron down the front. Did you? Are they new? Oh, no. What I mean is, are they like straight off the hanger, and that crease yes. was there? Or, yeah. oh right. So once you wash them, are you going to iron the crease into them, or just have them? You will. You will. Will you really? There's an example of the things we do for love. (laughs) Right, guys? (laughs) Will you really? (laughs) Fucking hell. That's incredible. I don't iron anything. I guess I'm a worse human being than her. Okay. (laughs) The things we do for love. Hey, that's going to be a good jingle, isn't it? The things we do for love. The things we do for love. The things we do for love. With my guest. John Robbins. Whose girlfriend's middle name is? Patricia. Well done. Well done. Well done. Whose first ever gig he went to was? What sort of gig? Um, Music gig. Pulp NEC 96. Yes, good. The things we do for love. <laughs> things we do for love. Who lost his virginity at age? I didn't mean to say that, but give the answer. You Bet- don't have to. Between <laughs> thirteen and my mum won't listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> I was I was 14 but I did not grow up on a council estate and I later attended Oxford University so I want people to know that the age was in no way to do with my sort of social standing was it in and out or was it proper sex well I don't know what that means that's the difference in and out is what someone did at the rubbish dump when I was 12, where it just went in and out once. <laughs> I, I think this, you, uh, as all great philosophers do, your, your question says more about you than it does about me. <laughs> Things we do for love. Yay, that's the end. Thank you very much to my guest, John Robbins. That was Izzy Sooty's The Things We Do For Love, hosted by Izzy Sooty, featuring guest John Robbins. The theme music was by Charlie Jefferson. Thanks to The Phoenix for having us, to The British Comedy Guide for hosting us, and to Natasha Caffrey and Katie Storey for helping out on the night. The Things We Do For Love is produced by Ben Walker for Fuzz Productions and the Internet. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed The Things We Do For Love, then you might also enjoy Izzy's new book, The Actual One, which is available in shops and online now. Please visit izzysooty.com for more details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.